Welcome along to Scoreline Extra, the podcast that condenses some of the interviews that we have on our weekend show, Saturday and Sunday, of course, 2 to 6 on KCLR Scoreline. On this week's episode, you'll hear from Brian Downing and Colette Dormer as they react to Kilkenny's defeat to Galway in their final group game of the All Ireland Camogie Championship. Kilkenny Intermediate Manager John Scott on his side's convincing win over Kildare on Saturday. Post-match interviews from Carlo Senior Football Championship semi-finals as Aero took on Mount Leinster Rangers and Rathvilly faced Palantine. Howard Triggs of Kilkenny Triathlon Club on the recent success of the club. Carlo Cricket Club representatives Eilish Rourke and Jim Parameter discuss the growing of the sport in Carlo and beyond. Eric Malloy on signing for Shelburne and high-performance chair Neville Maxwell on the recent success of the Irish rowing team. We're going to kick things off with some of the post-match reaction from Kilkenny Camogie. Uh, Brian Dowlin defeat to Galway in the last round of the game not the end of the world I suppose but your overall thoughts after today's game yeah, look I suppose it's not the end of the world but we wanted to win today you know there's, there's no point saying any different um, thought we started very well you know I thought movement was good or work rate was good but we, I think the sending off probably turned the game and you know usually it would have turned in our favour but I think Galway up there intensity up there work rate and they worked harder than us all over the pitch which is disappointing and I suppose Siobhan McGrath got a great goal there start of the second half and they kind of had something to hold on to and we just found it hard to break them down the after that even though you know we could have snuck it at the end there goalie made a great save you know but to be honest I think if we had to get the goal we probably wouldn't have deserved it you know over the hour I think Galway probably deserved a victory so look we just have to get on with it now and move on Would you surmise it as the tail of two halves very good first half not so good second half Yeah I suppose yeah the wind was very strong and I don't know we just we just came out I thought we had loads of energy in the first half I thought we just a bit flat for some reason again in the second half and look Galway were the hungrier team and wanted it more which as a manager is very disappointing you know but look I said to the girls inside you know we're still in the championship um, even if you win Galway could still be in the quarter final tomorrow you know out of draw so look we just have to knuckle down now and we've three weeks ahead of us we know we're in the quarter final and we know we've a lot of improving to do but you know we haven't tasted defeat too much and hopefully the feeling of this defeat now will, will drive us on for the next few weeks yeah, as you said, could have pipped it there in the end. Crazy 30, 40 seconds of play there. Brilliant start, brilliant stop there by Laura Glynn. I think it was from Aoife Dial. Couple of chances that was put in, but that really summed up, I suppose, the bit of luck that you had in the second half. Yeah, look, I suppose we used up a lot of luck during the year already. So, you know, in fairness, come back in some of the matches. And look, usually the goalie makes a great save like that. Sometimes the ball comes out to an in rushing forward, but just wasn't to be today. And look, man, maybe we have to win today by a point or two. We think we're in a better place. So, look, we just have to get on with this now and we have to knuckle down as I said and we've three weeks ahead of us hard training and wherever we meet in the quarter final now is going to be a huge battle you could get anybody and you know I'm sure there's no one going to fear us but that's up to us now what we do about it Yeah you had a good few injuries as well going down there it takes a lot out of the players three weeks in a row especially now you have the small bit of a break as well but it gives girls time to recuperate and girls that you're waiting to come back to full fitness for the quarter final Yeah look I suppose be, yeah, three weeks in a row is tough but looks the same for Galway so we're not going to use that as an excuse or anything and look, we don't we picked up any injuries today we'll give the girls a couple of days off to deserve it you know they've put in a huge amount of work and look one thing I'll say I won't question the girls commitment and effort that they put into things but you know we just have to improve our performance on the pitch and we know ourselves it just hasn't been up to scratch maybe the last couple of weeks but look hopefully now knockout championship you know when the game's in the melting pot these girls have stood up so many times in the past and look we'll be ready for a quarter final now Can you put your finger on exactly why the girls have been flat with the, the last couple of matches especially maybe in the first half or haven't started as well as you'd like 
like him to? No, I'm not sure really. You know, I just I felt the warm up was excellent today and we played well. I suppose in the first half, the last day was the second half. So look, I don't know. Uh, maybe the next day we'll hold for the for longer periods. And look, we have to as simple as that. And look, I suppose everyone is playing as now we're after upping their game and you're all Ireland champions. But look, that's something that we just have to deal with. And look, we just have to grit our teeth now. It's it's not nice losing. No, I don't like it. And you know the players don't like it. So I just hopefully it's the last time this year we feel this feeling. Yeah, well, as we said, we are through to the quarter final. So best of luck with whoever we get in three weeks' time. We wish you the best of luck in that, Brian. Okay, thanks, Martin. to collect armour after Kilkenny's defeat to Galway in the last round of the All-Ireland Senior Championship 15 points to 113 Colette, talk us through that game um, especially with Galway going down to 14 players after the first 15 minutes um, Yeah, like it's always a tough battle against Galway um, we have to always play our best when we go out and play like the Galway in the top tier team so uh, yeah, when Galway went down to 14 like it's like in a lot of games, like sometimes that's nearly benefits a team. They can like rally around it and drives it on, and then like we should have probably pushed on ourselves and kind of let them creep back into it, and they got the momentum on top of us then, and we kind of felt like we were chasing the game for a lot of it and under pressure for a lot of it. So uh, yeah, no, um, kind of disappointed with that now. And I suppose like it probably was a game of two halves. You know, Kilkenny starting off so brightly in the first half and, you know, coming out really strong. But Galway, when they came out in the second half, they just came out all guns blaze. And, you know, what did you speak about at halftime? Or did, was there a plan in place for, for to kind of tackle the 14-player situation? Yeah, um, there was a plan, plan, plan put in place. Like, always we had to be very careful to backs. Like, Galway are a fantastic team. So, uh, trying to avoid um, conceding any goals. And, like, with the likes of Galway, you are always wary of that. So, uh try to like um kind of close up the backs a bit but uh they just came out another team and just kind of pushed on so uh kind of put us under pressure there yeah but nonetheless you know taking the positive side of this Kilkenny have qualified for the knockout stages you've three weeks now to a quarter final um I'm sure there's certain things that you want to work at work at over the next couple of weeks like how are you going to take these next three weeks to prepare yeah so we're lucky that we have the next three weeks to prepare for it and just to push on and uh, we'll look back on this game and see where the mistakes were happening and what we're doing wrong and try and learn as much as we can from a game like today like when you're playing like the likes of Galway and these top top teams like you have to learn something from it and push on and see the character of the girls and we, at least we have three weeks now to push on for that perfect that's great thanks very much thanks I'm here with John Scott who has a big smile on his face after that game here today Hall-Ireland Intermediate Championship John 224-17 to victory over Kildare here in Callan you must be a happy man uh, happy man of today, all right, Martin. Yeah, especially after last week, uh, just the journey at how kilt is going up tantrum. But look, we knuckled down during the week and we kind of focused, and it was good enough that we actually had everybody during the week training together. And you can see the difference. The work rate today was excellent, like, and they all work for one another, running off the shoulder, which was great to see, like, and I'm very happy today. Yeah, we actually commented on it. We've done an awful lot of matches in the league as well. By far, it was probably your best first half of. Camogie that we've seen this team playing and especially after losing Ashling Curtis last weekend as well it must have been hard but the girls that went out today really performed for you and it showed that they were a unit they were outstanding they were, they were very good and even today during the week they're in training they were just knuckling down and they were all talking you could see themselves that they were focused that they just wanted to get on with, after losing against Antrim they wanted to get back out on the pitch and right or free the wrong kind of thing but look I thought they played well and this is 
heartbreaking to lose Ashling and Jane Cass as well. The two of them are like kind of long term injuries. But look, hopefully the two girls will be there. They're helping out on the line. We'll be there. We'll have something to shout for at the end. Yeah, four points again, Antrim. Okay, it might have been a loss, but it wasn't a bad performance overall. I mean, Antrim has been there. They've been in the All Ireland final. They've been in the league final against Down this year as well. So you put it up to them. Today, though, was a must win game going in to play Cork now next weekend. Oh, definitely, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like today, today, if we had a bad result today, like our championship was over. So the same thing. No, look, we didn't play bad against Antrim, as you were saying. Yeah, no problem at all. We actually, I thought we did okay against Antrim, but just the last 15 minutes probably killed us. Probably the bus journey but uh, it was the last 15 minutes it was up the last water break it was 1-9 apiece you know and just they scored one, I think it was 1-4 we got 3 points in the last 15 minutes that was the killer yeah today though you were outstanding the whole team I thought your forwards were absolutely brilliant your full forward line the, we felt so sorry for poor Sarah Welsh she didn't get on the score sheet but by god did she make an awful lot of scores and 2 19 coming from play out that 2-24 not a bad return no good return alright now yeah and uh, no Sarah she put in some shift alright now she mightn't have gotten the score sheet but I tell you I tell you only for her, a lot of the girls wouldn't have gotten the score sheet either yeah no that's definitely true Cork now at home next weekend we don't know where it's going to be yet. It could be here in Callan again. It seems to be a lucky haunt for the uh, the Kilkenny teams at the minute. But a prospect that you'd be relishing to go up against them and hopefully get into the quarterfinal stages. Ah, yeah. Look, as I said, we were only focusing on Kildare. Now during this week, now we kind of get our heads knuckled down and we'll focus on the Cork game. And uh, I do think Callan has been a good old fortress for us. So I wouldn't mind bringing Cork out to here. Look, as I said, we get our heads right and we get the right game plan right, and hopefully we'll be celebrating. Next yeah, consistency is the key. We know that you have it in you. You want a good performance. You got out of the traps very, very quickly today. Had a great start. If you do that again, Cork, because they are beatable. Oh, they are. Look, I think on their day, anybody, any team is beatable. And I think the same thing. If we have our heads right and we're focused on the game, I think this group of girls that could go on. It's up the the games is it's the roster really. Like you know, it's whatever they put into it, they'll get out of it. Well, well done on a fantastic performance today. As we said, best one we've seen you playing in a long time and the best look again, Cork, next weekend. Thanks, Martin. Thank you. Brian Dowling, Colette Dormer and John Scott. Now we're going to move on to Carlow Senior Football Championship semi-finals and here's some of the managers after the game between Air Rogue and Mount Leinster Rangers and Rathvilly versus Palantine. Uh, Joe Murphy, congratulations. Back into a Michael Ling Waters Carla Senior Football Final. 2021, I know, but it doesn't matter. We're back playing football and a big win for Aero tonight. Yeah, it was hard hard earned. Um, we got there in the end. Uh, tough game. They're, they're big units uh, in Mount Leinster Rangers and uh, to put in a great effort and look at probably opened up in the last 15, 20 minutes and the scoreline probably flattered us in the end. Yeah, close at half time, John. You got off to a bad start because they took the initiative yeah. and they got a few lovely scores. Yeah, look at our backs were to the wall. I, I won't tell you any different. We're feeling it there on the sideline that we need something to happen. Um, you know, but sometimes in these games you just have to be patient. Like it, the game's an hour, and sometimes people expect you to win it in ten or fifteen minutes first. But look at it, we we, we stayed patient, worked it out, and uh, we got there in the end. Yeah, plenty of competition for places. You changed a few lads. The bench worked well, and anyone came in did really well. Yeah, and that, that's what we tried to um, uh, install in all the guys. There was 
disappointed lads there that, that didn't get the start tonight um, and you know the challenge was always up to them if they did get an opportunity to make a statement for themselves you know it's a big week of training ahead now before uh, the county final next weekend so you know they'll be hard hitting in their rogue sort of yeah and it'll go much better than Ratville and Aero when we get the county final level jaw that's what it will be next uh, weekend yeah I'd probably expect maybe Ratville to be favourites um, you know the bet is a couple of weeks ago on that uh, bet as well uh, according to some media reports and that so um, you know uh, we'll definitely have to up our game from today uh, to compete with them Johnny Nevin uh, commiserations Aerog beat you heavily in the end but uh, you competed very well in that first half and it just went a little bit wrong after they got the first goal in the second half yeah I suppose look it's desperately disappointing because about two or three minutes in the second half I think the score was seven points to six and turned up on, on the beating that we got in the wind up but look I'm sure that's that's what Aero can do to you any day of the week um, we just weren't able to sustain the effort that we put in in the first half for for the whole complete 60 minutes of the game and just Aero's power took over then and just they pulled way away from us in, 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 in the end you know you had, as I said you had a great start you, you led and, and you were playing with great confidence yeah we played a great first half yeah lads were very very honest in what they were trying to do we, we were hard to break down enough but um, look at some stage in the game Airog were going to get there anyway because they have they're completely concentrating on football and our lads are only just coming back from a Joe McDonough in Hurling and we've only had him for two weeks we've got to play one match and two or three training sessions and I'm sure they're all lads playing with a county team and playing with a club as well they're back that bit earlier than our lads after Cara being beat belong for but look they're the best team in the county they were in the Leinster Club final two years ago and uh, you know it's it's a fair we were okay in the first half but it's a fair barometer to try to to keep up there sustain it for 60 minutes you know Victor Doyle well done Victor you're into the 2020 Michael Ling Motors County Final and wasn't easy but very competitive yeah it's always going to be competitive uh, we're against uh, Panathine like we've played them twice this year and they were probably just games the lads were just looking at each other but in the last two years now they beat, beat us in semi-finals so they have more wins over us than we have over them so we knew it was going to be a, a huge battle for us Yeah, trailing at half time 2-2 after the first quarter and breezy enough a lot of people didn't feel it'd be breezy the weather has changed a bit but it wasn't easy for players playing into the win but in fairness uh, you got a great goal at the vital time and a few lovely uh, frees in the second half long range which were very well executed Yeah definitely the win was a huge factor and I suppose we didn't notice it ourselves as much until we got down onto the field but it was a strong win to get, uh, to play against and then it's watching to judge it when you have it as well and listen we got a great goal as you said uh, at a vital time that five minutes after half time it was a goal probably a little bit fortuitous but listen it, it, we went right, right at them and we were lucky enough uh, that Kevin finished it yeah, You're happy Victor it's great to be back in the county final yeah, it's great to be back in it and whoever we play in whether it be uh, MLR or Aero listen uh, I just sent the lads my fifth county final with them I was away for a couple of years and my fifth county final back with them only one win so it's not going to get there unless you win them for well, we look, wish you well for next week and look yeah. forward to that and well done very competitive then. played a nice brand of football and well done right thanks very much well, thanks Victor, for that. good man thanks yeah well done John Reid highly competitive commiserations to Palatine but uh, had a chance at the end wasn't to be Radville just got out ah yeah the experience of Radville probably in the end you could see like they got a goal at the start of the second half brought back into a big time like the first five minutes is the key we could have held on maybe three points four points ahead pulled away but that goal gave Rafferty a big lift 
We should look, we died, we died with our boots and there, it's a big effort from the boys, super effort. So. Yeah, super, and as I say, off air there, the consolation is that the new championship, that's the 2020 championship, you, you would have loved to have got to the final for next week, and you would have given it a fair old rattle, Radvillier there now, but uh, the new championship 2021 is just starting in a couple of days' time, so all is not lost. No, we're looking forward to it actually, don't like, after a performance like that, no, you want to be straight back into action, and that's the good thing about it, straight back into action, and not hanging around for another eight or nine months, so like... We give the boys a couple of nights off and straight back into it in maybe a week or two and over 2021. And looking at that pal team, a lot of new fresh faces out there and a bit of experience as well. So all in all, the club is in a good, healthy condition to get to the semi-final was great. So you'll be looking forward to the 2021 Championship, as you've said. Ah, we will. Like, loads of young lads coming through. And maybe that match today, and I was saying to them, maybe in six, seven weeks' time, they know, like, after getting the taste of the Championship, hard, hard-hitting team. No better team than Rafferty to give you a good Championship game. So like, it'll stand to us in later on the year and hopefully we meet Rafferty again or whoever. Or maybe there are both awfully. Okay, John, well, thanks for having a word of me. Wish you well. No, but thanks. thanks. Good man, thank you. All set then for the finals. It'll be Aerog versus Rath Villy. Half six on KCLR. Howard Triggs joins us next from Kilkenny Triathlon Club. Well, it was a huge success. Yeah, we were. Um, we were quite lucky with the timing of the relaxation of the, the restrictions and we were given some new guidelines by Sport Island and then from Sport Island to, to Triathlon Island so we were able to meet with those guidelines, quite strict guidelines and we had to change the race quite a bit this year. Anybody that's known our race in the past would have would have realised it was quite different this year. We were down in the big field, um, almost unnoticeable really, I suppose, down in the big field in the Castle Park which is a huge fantastic facility and yeah it was really good very successful we had 210 people um signed up to the race from all over the country and uh last week after the race i sent prizes back to antrim and galway and all over the place so yeah it was it was amazing really yeah successful i was just about to ask uh, the interest of it because obviously people might be apprehensive coming back into things their training and preparation might not have been the same considering the restrictions that we would have had over the past year but to get that many participants is quite um quite heartening to hear would that be indicative of what you would generally experience or would you have higher numbers on a more normal <laughs> year well, we could have, um, in the past, I think the previous year, or 2019, the last time we were actually able to run the race, I think we sold 444 places. And this year, I'm, I'm sure we could have sold the same, but we were limited by the guidelines. So we had to, to stick to three waves of 70, so 210 people altogether. But we had a waiting list, and I'm sure we could have sold the same numbers, 400. And what we did find was that the people that were taking part were on the on the slightly more experienced um, footing where they were slightly more experienced swimmers and bikers and runners, they were just so desperate to get back into the sport. I mean, normally we would have a try-a-try event as well, which might be a shorter swim, but uh, we weren't able to do that this year. So, uh, yeah, we had people that were obviously ready with their credit cards on the line the minute we opened up the shop and uh, it sold out fairly quickly. Oh, fantastic. That's great to hear. How important yeah. is it then to... I've been able to run this year, first of all. like to, to grow the sport then in general, you have to have events like this. So how was it important was it and imperative that you got to run it this year? Well, what, um, because of the numbers that we were restricted to, it wasn't really a financial thing for us this year. Usually what we would do is, I mean, we love putting on the race. We really enjoy uh, hosting that race. Uh, but it also you know, gives the, the club some 
some cash to be able to subsidise training for our members and uh, subsidise gear in some places for members. But this year, we, because of the limited numbers, it really was just about getting a race back on the calendar, getting some interest back in the sport and getting some some old friends up from all over the country to, to take part in our racing. And hopefully they'll be putting on races that we can then take part in. So, yeah, there's the, the rest of the season. I think we were quite lucky being able to put on our race nice and early in the season. We, we were the fourth triathlon event to take place um, this year. But there's still a good few you know, left on the calendar that members from the club are going to take part in there. People are obviously eager then to get back out there. Um, yeah. you, you kind of touched upon the, the COVID impact of the club, maybe from a financial perspective, but have you seen maybe from a personnel um, perspective since you were able to come back an increase in members returning since the sport was allowed to resume or has it had somewhat of a negative impact on the club, which we have seen as well? We, we did sort of experience um, a kind of a dip-off in interest from, from previous members and members that we, you know, we have had in the, the last few years um, but we've we've more or less recovered all of those members now and they're all back in the fold and they're back racing and training with us uh, we've also had a quite surprising interest from, from people who've never been involved in multi-sport activity before so we've got a, a really good new to try group going uh, as a club we tend to we like to focus on, on those people that maybe not so experienced with the swimming or they, you know, they might be a good swimmer but haven't really done the other two as much or, you know, they, they're more familiar with one of the three disciplines and then they, through the club, they, they get experience in the other two. So, yeah, we, we tend to really concentrate on those people and, and make sure that the training that we put on is, is uh, applicable to them and we encourage them and we support them. And, uh, yeah, it's great to see... And and in that race that we were talking about on the 18th of July, we don't generally allow members to take part in that race because we need so much help with marshalling. And, and as you said, you saw some of the marshals. There are actually 82 people marshalling that race for 210 participants. So it's almost a one-for-two marshalling situation uh, on that day. So um, the only people that we do allow to race on that, or allow sounds a bit... Uh, but yeah, the only people that we encourage to race on that day are the new to try people, the people who have only been in the club for a year or maybe 18 months. And uh, we really encourage them. And you would have seen that group of people in Kilkenny Triathlon gear running on that day along with the other people that have come from much further afield. It's interesting that you mentioned the the three different disciplines that come along in triathlon. I've talked to many people, some have competed in duathlon, and I myself, although I can swim and splash about in a pool, would be very um, conscious of a swimming ability or anything like that. So if you're joining the club, what way, it obviously helps you develop, but what way for beginners, if anyone's out there listening, because it's on a lot of people's bucket list, maybe to run a marathon or to do a triathlon or to do an Ironman even. So what what are the, the steps to getting involved in the club? Well, we, we generally have a lot of people who aren't, you join the club and aren't that experienced with swimming. That's generally the, the hardest or the most common one that people aren't so familiar with is is uh, swimming, freestyle swimming, or, you know, there's nothing to stop me breaststroking in a triathlon. I breaststroke many triathlons myself when I was first starting. Um, so, yeah, that's the one that, that uh, people are less familiar with in general, and we have we run pool sessions and we have excellent coaching from in the watershed um, in the winter months 
and spring months we'll we'll have two sessions a week in the pool. Uh, at the moment, quite unusual because, again because of the coronavirus, we're having a, a summer pool session as well. So on a Thursday night, we have two. We more or less book the whole pool for for two hours for two different groups of people. So we do that once a week. We also this time of year we would be swimming in the river up at the weir. We start off up, up at the weir until people become a bit more familiar with the open water swimming and they get get used to that and they start to enjoy that. And then we move down to the to the main body of the river through the town, starting around the library and swimming down to the slipway. And it's amazing how people who are not that familiar with open water swimming or even pool swimming get into it very quickly and they find the coaching excellent. The, the coaches that we use in the club are, are excellent and very supportive and you know they really focus on the beginning end of things. When you get a bit more experience in triathlon and you're more familiar with the different things, and you, you tend to be able to do your own training, and you maybe turn up to the swimming session and get coaching in the swimming. But you know the, the coaching is generally directed towards the the improving people and the beginning people. Um, so, in terms of new people starting, if, if people didn't have it on their bucket list, then. Uh, you know, I don't want people to think that the training is all for the real elite guys. The training is actually directed more towards the beginning and the intermediate end of things. And uh, you know, people make make of it what they what they want if they're better than that. But it's generally very very accessible to the to the starting off people, especially the pool swimming. We may and, we may know, sign up our producer to get going next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it really is. I mean, if you talk to any of the new to try group this year. And I'm sure, I'm pretty confident they would tell you it's very, very open, very friendly, very encouraging. All the training sessions we uh, we we have uh, a training session on a Monday night, which is a, a sort of a bike and run session where you're running, running and then biking and then running off the bike again just to get used to that kind of, which is a, a different experience of, of running off the bike. Then we do that on a Monday, then we do the river swimming on Tuesday, then we have running in the park with another excellent coach. Um, independent coach on a Wednesday and then we do the pool swimming on Thursday so it's a pretty full um, a full week of training people don't do all, all three or four of those exercises they might pick the one that they can do or that they need more help with so yeah I'm sure if you spoke to those new to try people they would tell you just how encouraging it is and how glad they are that they signed up and, and enjoying enjoying the experience and speaking of experience as well, and different experiences, the weather that we experienced during the previous two weeks and would would have experienced on July 18th when you were running, did that pose any problems with the heat that would have been in there? Now, obviously, you're dipping into the pool and that, or dipping into the, the river, and that might be nice, but like an actual running perspective and a cycling perspective, from a marshalling side of uh, things, how did you manage that, or how was that managed? It was quite... Uh, it was slightly amusing because the we were told as part of the guidelines that we weren't to have a water stop. I mean, every time you're going to give somebody a cup of water or give them anything or touch something that somebody else might touch, you know, that's a potential problem with, with the coronavirus restriction. So, first of all, they said you're not to have a water stop. And then on the Thursday, I think it was, they said, if you don't have a water stop, then you can't do the rest. So, <laughs> completely turned full circle within a few days. So we, uh, you know, we had some uh, very coronavirus-friendly set up in the park, and we made sure that all of the marshals on the run route had a backpack with water in it and lucas as well, because people need sometimes, you know, when they get dehydrated, it's actually a, 
the sugary thing that they need to, to get them back on the on the road. But the, the, all the water stops that we had and everything had meant that, that everything popped off without any incident. Nobody had any serious problems on the run. And we also have the order of Malta is on standby as well. There's an ambulance always parked up in the park for us. And a few of the members on the run route were experienced in nursing and, and medical stuff. So, yeah, that was fine. It was extraordinarily hot. And running, you know, when you when you get out of the water, okay, the water is cool enough, and but you're wearing a wetsuit and you've got to run 400 metres into the park. So, But by the time you get out on the bike, you're pretty hot and bothered, really. So... It was a it was a real consideration for that uh, for that day. We had to not only did we have to completely rethink the race from a coronavirus point of view, then we had to rethink it from a heat exhausting point of view as well. But luckily, or maybe not luckily, thankfully, everything uh, everything passed off without incident, and everybody seemed to go home happy from the race. And uh, yeah, we were very patient, very patient. So. We would love to hear from anybody else that, that does have it on their bucket list that's thinking of doing multi-sport or, you know, this, uh, there's still plenty of races, still plenty of triathlons coming up in the season up until early October and then things become more duathlon-based because of the temperature of the water was obviously dropped. So the duathlon thing takes place for another four or five weeks and then back in the back in the, in the season next year, starting off a duathlon early in the season again for the same reason. And then hopefully next year will be completely normal season with regard to racing. But we, we do train and we swim in the pool all year round, so there's no reason why joining now would be, you know, would mean you would have less of an experience of the club for the rest of the year. We, we train all year round. Yeah, we're looking so, forward to seeing what you have coming up. We know that you had the, your day of 5K personal best in coordination with the Kenny City Harriers yeah, as well. So yeah, uh, if people yeah. want to join, uh, you're very active on, online, so it'll be Kilkenny Triathlon Club. You have the website as well. Yeah, there's a Kilkenny Triathlon Club at gmail.com is the, is the email address of the secretary who will uh, field any answers, uh, any questions that you might have. We have a Twitter page, we have Instagram, we have uh, Facebook, Cooking to Club is on Facebook, so yeah, any number of ways in which you can get in touch with us and, and come along. You're, you're more than entitled, more than uh, welcome to take part in a couple of training sessions, anything you want for a couple of sessions just to see how you get on with it, see how you feel about the, the club, and uh, you know, then join up from there. Um, more than happy to, to facilitate anybody and ask, answer any questions that anybody might have. Well, our- and, uh, yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, sir. We look forward to seeing what's happening with the club in the next few weeks. And uh, congratulations to the winners as well and everybody that participated on the day. It was a very hot day, but it was a mammoth event and no doubt pulled off excellently. So thanks very much for that. And we will chat to you soon, sir. From triathlons to cricket, Carlo Cricket Club representatives Eilish Rourke and Jim Parameter here discussing the growing of the sport. Yeah, it was a great success having the kids coming in, playing with the cricket, learning some new skills. It's great to see the sport growing here in Ireland. It's rapidly growing, especially in the southeast with a lot of new clubs popping up. So um, we're delighted to see kids getting out playing cricket and enjoying the good weather. And Jim, would you kind of like associate that with Ireland doing so well in the cricket on an international stage the past few years? Yeah, definitely. No, it's been a really good upward trajectory for Irish cricket. We just finished... The national team just finished two uh, T20 series and an ODI series against South Africa with a great win against the Proteas, which is always good to see. We've had some great wins over the past few years, 
and recently getting test status, so full membership of the International Cricket Council. So it's been great, even for, from a funding point of view, to get a bit more money into the sport and hopefully see it grow more and more as the years yeah, when I lived when I lived over in Australia, cricket was almost like hurling. That's how much revered it was, and it's nice to see that as a society becomes a lot more multicultural as well. That we're getting these different forms of sports sports becoming a lot more to the fore and coming to our attention a lot more. Eilish, from a girls' perspective, has there been much interest? Well, I'd say Shane that it's growing. Um, there's been a lot of work done in the club. Uh, the Carla Cricket Club are great. Um, interest has been um, spiking quite a lot. I suppose during lockdown, it's like everything. You know, you want it and you can't have it. So uh, when when the restrictions were lifted, um, Lorraine did some great work there, Lorraine O'Brien and the women and the Carla Cricket Committee in trying to um, recoup girls onto the sport. And so I'd say, yeah, we're growing slowly. You know, we're in our infancy. You know, it's my second year myself, so... Yeah, I'm really, really loving it and trying to encourage more women to join um, as women's um, officer of the club, you know. One of the biggest things to getting people to join in general would be having a, a youth setup. I manage a soccer club that unfortunately we didn't, our youth setup was kind of pushed away as we lost our pitch and we still have our junior side. But to have that kind of conveyor belt of people that are interested from a young age and coming through. So from... A Carlo Cricket Club, what, what, what way does that work? Are beginners, first of all, allowed to come in and kids who are, or is it kids who have played before or is there a youth set up there? Well, so there is. Uh, Jimmy Dooley is heavily involved and has been. Um, he's synonymous now with Carlo Cricket Club and Jimmy has been working with the children from a very young age and so he has a mixed, you know, girls and boys and so from a very young age, Jimmy will be out there Sunday mornings and during the week, and always trying to encourage young people. And the camps now have brought in more interest as well. And I suppose as well, we have great collaboration with um, Carlo College in um, letting um, Carlo Cricket Club use their grounds, you know, and having a home is really important. And, and having all these collaborations is really, really supportive for um, the youth participation side of things. And Jim, would you notice... Um because there's the cricket club out in Bagnallstown. We talked to the fellas out there a bit as well, and obviously Kilkenny. But from a Carlo perspective, is there much rivalry there uh, between trying to get people that are interested in Carlo and the captured area that you would have to have two cricket clubs? Is that a positive, or can that be seen as some type of um, negative because you're competing for people that have an interest in a sport which at the moment seems somewhat in the minority and not within the same type of numbers that you would get in the likes of England or something? Yeah, well, from even just a cricket lover's point of view, it's great to have as many clubs as we can just to see more people playing at all. And whether they play for us or Bagnallstown or other clubs in the southeast, um, it's just great to see people getting out and picking up a bat or a ball and having a go. And um, for us, it's great that we've um, been able to work with Carlo College over the past few years. We've developed a really nice picturesque ground, almost village green-esque there behind the cathedral, behind the college. And um, we've been doing a lot of work there recently. We've been developing the infrastructure we've put down a new base under the pitch we've gotten boundary ropes and other things like that so we're really trying to push forward and um with the help of the college and people like bernard o'mara coming and doing coaching courses with us and 
different things like that. It's really pushing the club forward, which is a great thing. Yeah, when we were talking to Bernard, he mentioned about going into schools and kind of teaching these things from a young level. And that's going to be imperative to the success of not just cricket in Carlo or the Carlo Cricket Club, but in Leinster and then hopefully on a national side of things. Um, setting up teams then for people to be able to play is is, is obviously a huge task to, to take on but and a commitment to take on. Eilish, you have your women's team now. Um, from the success of that, how, how much has that been able to contribute to the club as an overall? Well, I suppose, you know, personally, myself, like women in sport and barriers to participation can be, you know, challenging. But there are absolutely no barriers, you know, when it comes to all ages, all um, diversity. We have such a great um, camaraderie. We have a, you know, great trainer. Vishnu is our trainer. He's highly qualified and dedicated to actually pushing us as a team in sport. You know, we've already played a match against Kilkenny, which we won, um, might I add. And we've another one. <laughs> Humble brag. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Great. It was great, a great achievement. You know, for especially because, like, some of us have never picked up a bat. And some of us are only a couple of weeks into it. And we have a great captain in Rani who teaches our technical abilities, teaches us, you know, um, there's so much technical skills involved in cricket that we would never have even comprehended. And it makes you want to be a better, you know, team player. It makes you want to be fitter. It makes you want to participate more. So, yeah, we've, we've come great strides. And looking forward, we have a match next um, Wednesday against Leach. So, you know, to say things like that is like quite an achievement. For, for some, especially some of us who've never really played sports in our lives, only a bit of golf, maybe you know. Yeah, when, so, when, yeah. when you're when you're talking about the the development of it, you know, you see that you have the kids softball team, you have the development team, you have the female team, and you have so much more as well. So, like the interest in Carlo seems to be de- generating quite nicely along. Uh, Jim, any plans then for the future? Obviously, you had the camps and you have these uh, different initiatives to get people involved in the sports. What can we expect from Carlo Cricket in the coming, at, well, towards the end of the year? Well, we've, we've come a long way over the past few years. We now have three teams competing in Cricket Leinster competitions. And on top of the women's team, we also have three other teams playing in uh, friendly games against other clubs in the southeast. So we have a social team. We have two other junior teams. So really looking to push forward and hopefully get a bit of success in those competitions, but really just to grow the sport in Carlo, try push some of our other teams into some Cricket Leinster competitions and, um, yeah, get more people involved in coaching. There's lots of great um, resources that Cricket Leinster provide for coaching courses, umpiring courses, so to get people more involved and to see how great a sport cricket is when it's, it's, it's often seen as a bit of a mysterious sport and something that's hard to understand. But as you said, if we can turn it into something like hurling or Gaelic football is now, um, to get people into it from a young age and really develop our youth and women's teams, I think that's really the best way forward for the club and for cricket in general here in Ireland. It, yeah, so it's great to hear and like we were only talking yesterday about kind of the, how great the Olympics is when it kind of shines light on sports that you don't generally get to see and you know we probably guilty of it here at Scoreline where we focus a lot on the likes of soccer and rugby and the GEA of course but it's always brilliant to be able to kind of see what's going around even from a Carlo perspective I through talking to different sports we found that we had rounders happening in our encashment area so it's it's brilliant to hear if people are interested in getting involved in cricket they will easily find the right level for them at Carlo Cricket Club will they? 
Definitely. So our three teams that compete in Cricket Leinster competitions, our first, our first play at a relatively high level. Our seconds, I'm the captain of the seconds team. We play at a bit of a lower level. It's, it's still quite competitive, but we, we accept a lot of, we uh, take in a lot of people that are relatively new to the game. We then have our thirds, which are, are, which were previously our development team. So they play in a full Cricket Leinster competition now. So that's a lot of those guys are some of our youth players, our teenage players. So that's really just for developing their game, getting them lots of games in, because it can be quite hard in, in Ireland and um, in cricket, uh, especially to um, get games in. Sometimes you could, before we might have only had a few games in a season, whereas now um, with um, our teams progressing into Cricket Leinster competitions, we get 15 games a season for each team. Then we also have um, a social team. So that's for uh, guys who are maybe a bit older or guys who want to take it a bit slower have a bit of fun, um, and really are there for the social aspects. It's still quite competitive, and we always like to try our best to win. But um, something that's really important in cricket is um, the spirit of cricket. So um, um, as well as the laws of cricket, which are written by um, uh, a very important cricket club over in London, um, they also talk about the spirit of cricket. So the way in which the game is played is really important, and it's really good to um, foster that kind of team spirit and um, sportsmanship within the club. And then we also have younger teams. We have youth teams, and therefore, so as young as five up to about 12 can play in those teams. And um, they play friendly matches against other clubs in the southeast. So clubs like Gorey, clubs like Nace, um, Wexford, Greystones, Wicklow County, so on. Well, we're looking forward to seeing what's happening there. The development seems pretty huge as is and looking forward to see what comes up in the future if people want to follow your journey or indeed if they want to get in touch and uh, possibly try it out jim where would they find the best place to contact you so you can either go to our facebook page which is just carlo cricket club or you can visit our new website um carlo club and there's all the contact details there there's a bit about the history of the club it's re-establishment through the as part of the un refugee program when um, some Rohingya, um, a large group of Rohingya Muslims, um, settled here in Carlo in 2009, um, and there's lots of details about that and about how you can get involved and yeah, and just have a bit of fun, and learn a bit of cricket. And Eilish, that would be from a female perspective as well, if they want to get in touch with the with the team and join up there. Yeah, absolutely. The details are all on the website there or carlacricketclub@gmail.com. But just to come down on a Sunday, uh, training happens on a Sunday, so. We try and look at the whole social element of it as well, because sometimes, as I mentioned, barriers to sport can be a challenge, and there are no bar- barriers with Carla Cricket Club. And we even like are hoping to develop an art project, which is kind of we're very creative in the club and the committee, who have you know very good gender balance of four women um, on the committee. We we try and look at creative ways. Last year, we would have looked at, and um, we did a love to draw project and the art of cricket, where we literally twinned cricket and art and drawing uh, on the ground and the beautiful picturesque area that um, Jim described there, you know, it's absolutely a lovely morning and so people could always just pop down and hang out and everybody's very friendly and practice social distancing and all the safety measures are in place. It's just wanted to come down and have a chat with somebody and take that next step to join. very much to Eilish and Jim for joining us on Scoreline at the weekend who also joined us was Eric Malloy who's after joining Shelburne who are top of the Airtricity League Division 1 
it's a it's a great privilege to be actually playing in, in the League of Ireland and you know, I, I played there a few years ago and uh, a lot of lads just dig a hole or you know, it's the body doesn't let you do that, but I'm just really pleased and happy to be uh, be still playing. And uh, I'm 28, and then to sign with Shells as well. It's it's just it's a great privilege, and uh, yeah, as you said, like we're, we're sitting top of the league. It, it, it's a it's a great position to be in, and there's there's 10 games to go, so there's still a lot of hard work. And what ways is that work then? Because last time we spoke, you were just after Lean Stormel Odslin. I ho- I definitely didn't pronounce that right. Um, but, Austin, yeah. yeah, but you, you spent you spent a, a, a year there, or so um, maybe a bit more. And then when you came back, you signed with uh, Waterford. So you were playing with Waterford for quite some time. Mark Bertram, obviously, um, I actually remember him from my QPR days in FIFA 06. But uh, playing okay. with Waterford, you know, not that far down the RSC, and they're playing up in the Premier. How was that experience? Um, yeah, no, Waterford is a great experience playing in, in the Premier Division. Um, yeah, like, when I first arrived in, Mark wasn't the manager. Um, yeah. Uh, it was Kevin Sheehy and Mike Newell were there and um, yeah it was tough it was pre-season and stuff and then getting into the the season didn't really go the way we kind of wanted um, and it was kind of difficult and then yeah Mark came in and since Mark came in it, it was very good down there being honest um, he changed a lot of things and uh, we're, I think when he first came in there we were every single day training now you try to think of that idea that's, that's very tough tough on the body if you're training every single day and I think we got something like two days off in in, in like the space of a month or something so it was, it was full on going but sure look we were bottom of the table when he took over and uh, looking at Waterford now like since Mark took over they've gone out of even relegation zone and, and they're I think they're two points clear of Waterford by, or of Finn Harps and Finn Harps have um, a game in hand but like going from bottom of the table to there that, that just shows how much Mark has had an influence, um, and as well as that, there has been new signings as well, and I think a few players have gone out as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's been very good down there since I've been down there since Mark was in. And like from a playing perspective, like my cousin Mikey Drennan, who was over playing with Aston Villa, he talked about how tough it was when there was a manager change and Paul Lambert took over, and he didn't fa- feature in Paul's plan. So when you're signing under one manager and then Kevin Sheedy leaving after nine games in charge, what's that? Is is there a lot of, I don't know, in, in, in being in your own head thinking, oh, am I going to be in this new manager's plans? What's this going to be like? Because I've signed under this pretense and now all of a sudden it's changed. So from a professional footballer point of view, what's that like to kind of take on board before your first training session? Oh, well, like, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Like, um, a lot of people like to know where they stand in their job or in their profession, you know, and obviously with change, there comes uncertainty and then you're, you're planning, you're in a kind of a routine of your training, trying to get better, trying to improve strength different things you're working on different things and a new manager comes in things change you're, you have different kind of schedules different preparations and then obviously the new people come in and people leave so it is a very uh, difficult time um, for everyone like a period of change is difficult um, and yeah like you kind of have to weigh up a lot of different options and a lot of different reasons but personally me I was still focusing like, um, on working hard giving my best doing everything I can for the club while I'm, while I'm contracted um, and then in the meantime yeah you're, you're trying to prove yourself to the manager and try to do your do your absolute best and um, yeah see, see if you can um, you know impress and, and try to get into their plans and, and do well you know 
that's kind of part of it. And then also you have your own personal, um, you know, goals and, and uh, your lifestyle outside of that. And if, if you can actually afford and be able to, like, compete and play at that level. Um, because Warford, as I said, we had no days off, full-time and heavy training every day. Like, um, So there was a lot of things to to take into consideration there, you know, when, when a new manager comes in. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it is a difficult period. Uh, but as you can see, since Mars came in, it's been on the up. And kind of then, like, from your perspective now, you're, go- you're going to join an Morris at Shelburne. Shelburne, obviously, uh, a team that is littered with history throughout the League of Ireland. So, in, in terms of you're, you're signing, is there a contract length until the rest of the season? Does it go beyond that? Because when we were talking to Gavin Houlihan and Gavin was talking about Hartypool getting promoted into the into the, the English leagues again, um, a lot of the players didn't get to be kept on or something like that. It's a very precarious position to be in for any footballer. So do you have any type of a guarantee that you'll be there next season when Shelburne gets promoted? or uh, Is there a contract length uh, de- determined already? Um. Yeah, like as far as I know, like my contract is, is till the end of the season, um, and 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 as all football goes, like you're coming into coming and yourself, you have to show your work, and you have to like show that you're um, a valuable asset to this club, and you can help the club moving forward. So when you're coming into a new club, you have a lot to prove. So you have to really work hard and show your abilities when you come in, and then afterwards, yeah, towards the end of the season. That's where you kind of reassess and have a, have a, a think about things with um, the manager and and possibly you, you never know in, in in football things do change like um, and you, you kind of have to be ready and ready to adapt and change the whole time like um, so like at the end of the season you usually then sit down at towards the end of the season you probably have a chat with the manager and and, and the personnel in the club and and see where you're at and like what what the you know where the club are at too, and and that's the kind of a difficult situation for everyone. You know, um, but they kind of have to be done. And then all you can do is just what you can control yourself, and which is basically like how hard you work and how, what good shape you come in, and how much you can contrib- contribute to the team. So if you, if, when you have to do as as good as possible, you know, for, and then um, towards the end of the season, then you kind of. You could be kind of locked down then, or a new contract for the for the following year, which you know would be great because I'd love to be playing in, in, in the Premier Division. And at the minute, shells are sitting really nice, and or we're sitting in a very good position. As in regards, like if, if anyone else in in the league was in our position, to be they'd swap us, you know, because we're we're top with nine points. So if we keep working hard, we hopefully. Our aim is to try and win the, the first division, get up into the Premier, and we're going to work really hard for that. And then, yeah, like that's where all the, all the discussions come. And, and, and you kind of hope that things kind of go well, you know, for yourself personally. And um, but it depends how things going on in the club and 
what's happening too, you know. Well, you, you came on, speaking of going on, you came on against Cove Ramblers. It was a two-all draw there. You have UCD up next then, next Friday night. Would you be aiming for uh, a starting position then or is it a bit too early into your tenure with them to be kind of thinking of that? Or what, 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 way are, what are your plans to go forward? Obviously, a starting position is something that you're very much aiming towards, but like to do that in training, you're going to have to continually be, um, prove yourself and stuff and get the manager's trust. So would you be aiming to start for UCD or is it uh, uh, Galway United the next game and that going to be the next start? Well, 100%. That's my aim, my personal aim. But I want to get a starting position. I want to try and get that nail down. Um, I, I, I do understand that there's been people that have been here in the club training all year round and they have been doing well and winning. So I don't have any guarantee or any... Um, like start to be playing or starting a game, you have to really work and earn that. So I have to play well and train. I have to do really well and and, and try to do more than some of the other lads to, to be given the chance um, to come on and do well for the team. Yeah, came on against Cove there uh, the weekend and ball probably fell to me once there and out and had a header that just went wide and stuff. It came off my shoulder. If I connected properly with that, like I have to be taking them sort of opportunities. Um, and if you start to take them opportunities and you prove yourself there so you can kind of nail down a starting position um, yeah it's within my control but I have to just work really hard and, and, and prove to the manager that yeah like I deserve that starting position because I, I, have, I have to do a lot to get in ahead of some of the lads who have been playing all year and be winning so it, it is going to take a lot I'd love to be playing <laughs> that's, that's the whole I love, I love playing football like and that's the whole part of the training and keep myself in shape so that I can have the best possible chance of getting picked by the manager to play and so yeah it is to try and start but ultimately that's down to the to the manager to, to, to pick who plays so I'm going to try and give uh, the best possible headache, really. <laughs> and like when you're coming into that situation, I know, like from my uh, KDL League Two experience, when you're coming into that situation and you're coming into people who are continually winning and stuff, and you're coming into a squad that are used to that, there's obviously competition for places, especially in the League of Ireland, where you know the the contract situations can be quite uh, precarious, and you might only have a certain amount of time. So, like meeting up with the Shelburne squad, item, were they quite accommodating to you, or is there that kind of bit of competition in places where you mightn't be that friendly to each other obviously pass a few comments as nice niceties as they say but like do, do you feel does is there a bit of tension there or because they're riding such a crest of a wave is it a bit more relaxed what way is it working there when you're meeting your new squad members um i think that one there comes down to kind of experience you know and if you have a few lads who have experience and they're kind of moved one or two clubs and they're kind of used to it they've met a few people they've seen different things and I've been kind of to a few different clubs so um, I'm kind of I understand what it's like to come into dressing room and I know the difficulties but I'm able to deal with that and yeah for a few of the other lads they're probably thinking um, yeah I'll be doing well and now they're signing players like what's going on here <laughs> some lads can get a bit like nervy like especially some of the younger lads if they're not used to that situation they're starting and now they're kind of you know possibly I'm not sure I'm not 100% sure now but I'd be looking at it from my experience this is a, it's a healthy option to have as a manager if you're winning games you don't want complacency to, complacency to set in so therefore if you have lads that are ready to go on the bench you're kind of saying or in my head speaking like 
the lads have been doing well, still have the chance to do well and play, but just know that they can't slip up and they have to be performing well because there's going to be lads ready to go and with experience to come on and do well. And I see it as healthy competition. It's just how other players see it, <laughs> you know, they can take it kind of good or take it negatively, you know. Um, some lads can lose focus and think about things out of control, which wouldn't help, and then other lads could actually help them push on and keep performing well. So, um, yeah, all I can say is the lads themselves have been very good to me. Yeah, obviously, I have had fans and a few comments saying, oh, this lad's gone out of the team and messing, but they're, they're not. Like, they're only having a joke and a laugh. And, um, I, I'm just doing my best to be in the best possible shape to help the team. Um, whether that's help encourage a few of the lads or to be in the best shape possible myself so when I come on, I do well. And um, that, that's all I can kind of control and, and, and have to, to control what um, they can control. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to get shells from over here. So what, what's best for the, uh, the team is, is what we're all aiming for, you know. Well, you're nine points uh, ahead at the top of the table. There's, what, ten games left now in the league. So we're looking forward to following your journey, Eric. We wish you nothing but the success up with Shelburne. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to get back into the Premier very, very soon. Uh, thanks very much, Shane. I, lo- I look forward. Thank you. Always a joy to talk to Eric Malloy. Next up was another man that was an absolute joy to speak to after the success of the Irish rowing team at the Olympics claiming gold, the chairman of the High Performance Centre, Neville Maxwell. Yeah, well, look, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're delighted with the results uh, of the crews on the water. Um, we went into these games, you know, we qualified six crews, which was the biggest number we'd ever done uh, in history, you know, so that was a, f- a huge achievement in the first place. But then to come away with uh, two medals out of the Olympic Games was just a massive achievement by the whole team. So we're very proud of them all. Fantastic work by the athletes, you know, Paul Finton, uh, all the girls in, in, in the four, they were amazing. And then the whole coaching team did a huge job over there. So uh, great achievement and we're, we're very proud of them. Yeah, and certainly should be, as we are as a nation as well. Looking at the, the, the high-performance team at Rowing Ireland, you're working on a 2021-2024 high-performance strategy, obviously in the early developments, uh, considering it's 2021. But how important are strategies like this, and have been, in terms of long-term athlete development pathway, allowing rowers in the country to make a transition into becoming elite athletes? Yeah, well, look, we, we, we put a plan in place back after 2016, you know, we, we, we got a great result there in that Paul and Gary won the silver medal at the Olympic Games and um, Sunita was there also. So they were our only two representatives at the Games back then. Uh, and then we had a women's lightweight double. Sorry, um, Sinead Jennings and Claire Lamb were also sixth in the final. So we had a kind of a group. But then after that, um, we'd only three athletes actually left. A couple of them retired. So we put a plan together and a strategy about what we wanted to do for for Tokyo and then on into into um, Paris. So back then it was an eight-year plan. Now we're down to three, and um, we just have to make sure that we um, look at everything that went uh, that occurred in Tokyo, what worked right, um, but also actually analyze the things that we need to improve on, and then we just bring that into our strategy and our plan for for 2028. So there's there's plenty of our 2024 should i say there's 20 there's plenty of athletes that are out there at the moment within our program within our junior program our other 23 program that um are looking at all these medalists and crews that qualified for tokyo and, and they want to get there as well in paris so it's um 
a strong pipeline of people that are there um, and they're seeing that that success that's been generated and they know how it's been done, which is a really, really important thing. You know, it's, it's a repeatable formula that we have um, and it's just a case of people buying into it and, and getting on with it and, uh, you know, um, we just repeat it as often as we can. You, you guys know that in Kilkenny with hurling. <laughs> um, as a Galway man, I've been on the end of <laughs> many, many, many a goal or, or a Kilkenny hammering, but um, you guys have a process, you have a way of doing things. We're the exact same in rowing. We just want to have a plan in place, and, and uh, it isn't easy. It isn't straightforward, um, but there's loads and loads of athletes that are out there in, in, in rowing clubs at the moment that are looking at these amazing um, achievements that we've had, and they, they want a piece of it. So um, there's a pathway there for them, um, but it starts in their clubs. It starts with them having fun, um, and having fun right until you're at that Olympic level as well and, and continuing on through it. You saw with um, both of the winning crews, um, great atmosphere, great uh, way about them and I think that's so important at high level it's not about intensity it's about actually just enjoying being there and getting on with it and uh, and realizing that you're, you're in a privileged position and just do it so uh, that's what those two crews did and um, uh, as I said very very proud of them and and the coaching staff you know Dominic Casey and Beppe Antonio Mario Giovanni Frankie there's a whole bunch of them there that have done a great job over the years with this group and uh, we'll continue that now over the next few years as well well, like, say, taking it back to a hurling perspective, you know, we've interviewed many GEA stars over the past while, in particular Kilkenny GEA stars as well, and a lot of them would allude to the fact of certain players, DJ Carey, Henry Shefflin in recent times, as people that they wanted to replicate. In 2020, we've seen the year of women in sport, or wanted to see the year of women in sport, despite being curtailed by the pandemic, and it was all if... You can't see her, you can't be her, so see her and be her. So by seeing the likes of uh, Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy and uh, the ladies' four team getting onto a podium, it must like really kind of create this conveyor belt of people that pick up an interest from a young age because they want to be these people that are able to do it. And seeing that rowing is such a highly regarded sport now in Ireland not to say that it wasn't before but to see even the likes of yourselves in the Olympics people want to replicate that and there is a realistic chance if they put in the work and they see that uh, Rowing Ireland are able to help them get there that that can happen yeah exactly like there's there's um, it, it is quite simple you know it's, uh, it's I think it's simple in rowing it's simple in all sport is that uh, if you do the work and if you enjoy yourself and, and stick at it um, but it can't consume you. I think that's an important thing, and, and, and I was really delighted to see Paul talk about that. Like He's still studying to be a doctor. Um, huge hours of study, as you can imagine, uh, in, in that, and yet he can train twice a day, you know, um, six days a week, uh, and, and combine it. So he's not a superman. Um, he's a normal guy, as are all the athletes that are there. They're all studying. Um, you know they're doing different types of courses um, some of them have given up their jobs but all they've done is, is they've actually committed to doing something and um, Fiona Murta as an example was brought into the group 18 months ago you know she she was working, she kind of stopped rowing a little bit but she, she was a very very talented athlete um, and she was convinced to get back into the group and she did and now she has an Olympic medal so while you have talented athletes, I think the main thing is is that your people have it, an ability to say, look, I'm going to give this a good go. And, um, you know, the training is hard, there's no doubt about it, but it is at any level. 
at any sport uh, when you want to get get to the top. But we do want to make sure that every club understands how we want them to be coached, how we want them to uh, have fun. You know, that's the number one priority. If, if, if you go down to a rowing club and you start at 13, 14 years of age, you don't train like an Olympian or you don't think like an Olympian, but what you want to do is go out and have fun on the water with your buddies and uh, and and have that community. You know, you have a good club down there in Greg Namana. Um, there's lots of local other clubs in, in the other counties. Um, Carlo is a very, very strong club as well. And, um, you know, they have great um, programs there for young people. And, and if they just get out and enjoy it, and if one person out of every club... Um, was able to get to a world championships or Olympics or have a stab at it, um, that success as far as we'd be concerned, you know. So it's um, not everyone gets there to the level that these guys are at, but um, as long as people get out and have fun, um, that's the first priority. And we'll see what happens after that. We do have a plan. We do have a process for those who want to, as, as you said, who want to go on the next step. Um, but I think everyone, uh, as long as they enjoy it, that's that's the number one uh, um objective in the game you know and and you know realizing that it isn't the be all and the end all um you know there was a very there was a great result that wasn't an irish one in one way over the weekend was uh, the new zealand men's eight won the 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 olympic gold in the eight but that was actually coached by a guy called tony o'connor um, a fellow that i used to roll with um but he has a, a fantastic philosophy with with the whole crew that he coaches and he makes them realize that it isn't the most important thing in the world whether you win or not. You know, um, it's it's have you trained properly? Can you implement that? Can you deliver to that kind of plan? And if you get a medal, you get a medal. If you don't, you don't. As long as the people are good, um, that's all that matters. And and they came away with a gold medal. You know, and I think they had that relaxed uh, philosophy and mentality that um, made them cope with the pressure that comes with Olympic Games or, or, or as you lads know, uh, a hurling final, you know, how you deal with it. I don't know him personally, but I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's really about just putting it into perspective. We are absolutely delighted about the results that we got. and um, But we had other crews that were there. We had four other crews that um, were, were are, are amazing people. To, to even qualify for the Olympic Games is extremely difficult. Um Huge effort goes into it. Um, you know, they all trained as hard as the others, but the break didn't come for them. In, you know, maybe in, in certain races, and that's just life. But they're 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 still as good people as the guys and, and girls that have won medals there. So we we have a, a very strong culture of everyone looking after each other and um, caring for each other and and ensuring that there's respect there. And that's. That's a really, really important aspect of what we tried to to do within the whole group, um, because you shouldn't be judged on whether you win a medal or not. You know, it's uh, the effort that you put in is is massive on all fronts. Just to qualify, as I said, for the Olympic Games is extremely difficult. You're you're into the um, the, the the top athletes in the world, um, so I suppose one way to do or to to put it into context for everyone out there is if 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 your job was to be an accountant or to be a plumber or a dentist. You know, or a, or a radio presenter. Are you the best one in the world? 
I wouldn't and say I, I am, anyway. <laughs> well, you're aspiring to it. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the kind of mindset that's there, that this group, you're, they're all trying to be the best in the world. So they, they deserve huge credit for even putting themselves out there to do that and, and to try and do that. And uh, we're immensely proud of all of them. Um, and I know there's tons of kids that have been watching and looking at it and going, do you know what, maybe I'll give that a crack. And if they do, and if they enjoy it, that's job done. If if and, and if we do get a few, as I said, that'll go on to um the same level as, as, as these athletes, that's fantastic. But um we're glad we've um we've done what we've done so far. And like looking at sporting, especially in the sense we were talking, say, to Carlo Cricket Club today and we're looking at different aspects of, of sports that don't kind of fall into the big three with the likes of rugby, soccer and the GAA. But having yeah. funding is absolutely integral to like the, we see the FAI continually getting funding and the GAA getting funding and different things. But having funding for other sports is huge and it's huge for Olympic success. How important are like say key partnerships that you receive and you've announced one with Queen's University last November in developing roars and preparing them for these big competitions yeah the, the the partnerships we have with the with the different universities is is really important because uh you know it's um it's it's an environment maybe where a lot of uh athletes you know you see it in GAA soccer soccer not so much but certainly GAA um, you know, where when you go to third level, it becomes a place where you can study, you can uh, and train hard to be an intercounty player, for example. And we see the exact same thing with with rowing, um, because it allows you to actually prepare for your career and your future outside of the sport. So it gives you balance and um, it gives you perspective on actually what you're trying to do, because. Bar a couple of sports uh, in Ireland or in the world, you're not going to make a career or a living out of it. So it's really, really important that you have that balance there. And we use that kind of partnership. But uh, with third-level education uh, institutes around the country, and we have MOUs in place with quite a number of them um, to assist the athletes, even allowing them to get time off, um, you know, to, to defer exams and stuff like that. And, and we, we've had great support. And, and that's is a huge help to all the athletes involved. On the other side, then, we have Sport Ireland is a huge funder of ours, um, and um, we're, we're part of, obviously, their high-performance program in terms of developing our sport out and, and getting those results at, at, at the top level. Um, but then we've, we've been really lucky. We've had some super sponsors um, that have come on board at a time, actually, when, you know, after, after the Olympic Games, um, you know, with Rio... We thought we'd get certain sponsors to come on board, but they didn't. Um, you know, they didn't feel, um, you know, we were a repeatable sport, but now we've proved it. And, and we had a number of sponsors that did come with this, and they've been fantastic. And we're really, really grateful for that. And um, hopefully more will come on, and then that'll allow us to actually develop out the program. You know, we, we want to be able to pay for more coaches to help all the, the different crews that are out there around the country. And we've, we've athletes that are spread all over. You know, our, our junior team, for example, has athletes from, from Sligo, from Belfast, um, from Limerick, Galway, Dublin, Carlo, um, Coleraine. So we have a very broad spread of, of athletes that come into the group, as well as Cork-based athletes. And then our under-23 team will be similar. And you see the senior team, again, uh, very, very spread out and um, from, from the different areas around the country. But they have very good support within their own clubs. Um and families, of course. So it's it's 
it's it's huge. You know, we 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 aren't a moneyed sport, um, in that we have gate receipts that we can plough into the high performance side of things. We do rely on all these different factors, but uh, everyone really you know, puts their shoulder to the wheel on this and, and it's been great. And uh, as I said, Sport Ireland have been a huge supporter of ours because we've shown them that we have a plan and a process and we've we've stuck to it. And, um, you know, that that's important from their perspective as well. So we, we run it like a business in, in, in the high performance side. And um, But then obviously as, as, a, as a governing body of sport, it's really important that we create a good environment for people to to just participate as well. Well, we wish you nothing but the best success, and not only in the 2024 Olympics in, in Paris, but all the competitions going forward. Um, it's yeah. been just absolutely amazing. Even uh, Hopefully you'll get your bow on the Graham Norton show like the two O'Donovan brothers. Anyway. I don't think, I, I don't, I, could anyone follow them on the Graham? <laughs> 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 I, think, I think you're only setting yourself up for a fall to be on that. But I tell you what we are looking forward to is I know it's three years away, but being in Paris and having huge crowds there from Ireland, um, taking over the stadiums and the and, and the lake shores of of all the venues that the Irish athletes compete at, and and just screaming the, sh- the you know you know the house down. I think um, it's going to be amazing. Uh, it's three years away, but uh, you know I think we should all plan a little bit because I think it's going to be a great game for Ireland it, across many sports actually. That's it here at Scoreline. You can catch us every weekend live 2 to 6 on KCLR Saturday and Sunday. Lots of interviews like this and lots, lots more. Until we hear from you again, stay safe, stay sane.